When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Legends Lounge. I'm Trill Withers, and with me today in the lounge, we've got former Hampton Pirate. He won a championship as a member of the Bad Boy Pistons. We got Rick Mahorn with us. Rick, thank you for stopping by the lounge, man. Well, thank you for having me, Tyler. It's been a long time. Of course, of course. First things first, I'd like to ask guys, what would you say was your welcome to the NBA moment? Probably my third, second or third year, I was out in uh, California on a little vacation after the playoffs. We just played uh, the Boston Celtics. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm coming from a small college and coming from Hartford, Connecticut. And only time in sports, you always look at the newspaper, not not the way it is now where you have the social media craze. Back then, you're reading in the newspaper. So I'm out there in California. I'm out there in Oakland. The next thing you know, I'm reading the newspaper. And next thing I'm like, why is my name out here in the San Francisco Times? And I'm sitting there like, what the heck? Then I realized that I'm in the NBA. Just was just playing a game coming from Hampton, uh, historically black college, and just, mm-hmm. just, just playing the game and didn't really understand that I was there until I saw my name in print. Wow. So you said it was your second or third. So it took a took a little while for it to sink in. It took a minute. I had listen, I had some seasoned veterans like my Bobby Dandridge, you know, the Bullets just won the championship in 1978. And, you know, and then they were in the finals in 79. It was like, OK, they drafted me and all that. So you, you, you get around my vets, which was I miss my dad, Wes Unsell. And I learned a lot from him. But Bobby Dandridge, being from a historically black college, man, especially my rival, Norfolk State. And so, <laughs> Tyler, I had to hear that crap every dog on day. Man. I was going to say, he was still nice enough to take you under his wing, even with look, that. Look, let me tell you something. He still calls me to this day. But we communicate. <laughs> him and Earl of Pearl, man, I sit back sometimes and I just said, how did I even get here? And I miss my man, Sam Jones, because – he was even he was even a, a, a funnier than those guys. Then you go to Al Addles, you go like, well, damn. You, it, and Willis Reed, and, and I'm sitting here looking at, you know, I'm going like, wow, they all came from historically black colleges and had much success in the NBA. And I was like, okay, why not me? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so when do you feel like you belonged in the NBA? Like, what was your moment? You're like, okay, I, I belong here. Once you get labeled. I think it was the fact that, you know, at that time it was, uh, I was labeled as the beef brother. And I'm sitting there going like, why, why the hell are they campaigning off the beef brothers? Well, put it this way. I was with my man, Jeff Rulin, who I speak, speak to probably twice a week. And we were just a, a, a hell of a rebounding duel. Mm. And that's how you, you know, you kind of niche yourself in. Mine's was the defensive side. So, well, I knew, I said, dang, they, they selling T-shirts with my ugly face on there and stuff. I'm all like, oh, damn. They ain't have that in Hampton. Yeah, I'm here now. I'm in D.C. walking around. What's up, Rick Mahorn, man? What's up, Big Rick? 
man, that's when you go like, oh man, I'm I must be doing something right. Exactly. <laughs> now you mentioned you were born and raised in Hartford, Connecticut, correct? Hartford, Connecticut. I'm a Weaver Beaver. So how did don't you say that? I don't want to hear any comments on that either. Hey, I I, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was. How did you end up at Hampton, man? <sighs> I was a football player and uh, I was pretty pretty good at what I did on the defensive end. I was being recruited highly uh, in the Big Ten, you know, most of the, you know, most of the conferences. But you know what? I got tired because it was like I was cold, it's right. wet, you know, and I still live in a place that I should I shouldn't even be here because you know you're being, <laughs> I'm living in Michigan and you're going it's oh, cold, yeah. it's yeah. wet, it's. But you know what? I, I said you know what? I, maybe I could go to school and maybe I can play both. And uh, Hank Ford and uh, Robert Wilson, the two coaches that were there. Hank Ford was the the head coach. His brother played in the NBA, Jake Ford. So I'm looking at, you know, looking at guys and saying, okay, let me go try try down there. Plus, I wasn't a good – I didn't learn how to play basketball until my senior year in high school. Really? Yeah. I had a growth spurt uh, from my – so it is my junior to my senior year. Like, I, over the summer, I grew like seven inches. I went from 5'11 oh, wow. to 6'6". Six, six. And next thing you know, it was like I did. I was very awkward. I even found some old videotape of uh, me playing in the state championship that year. So um, it was it was something in- interesting at that time. And don't ask me. That's when God tells you you got to believe in God. So you you de- you believe in what he what he's putting out there, and you take that route. Mm. So what was that experience like for you, like culturally, going from Hartford down to Virginia? you know, that, that DMV area. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that going down, uh, being growing up, I'm a welfare kid. I'm a kid. I had uh, three other siblings and my mother, a single parent home, welfare kid, went to an all black high school, you know, all through inner city high schools and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What, what just, you know, kind of like impressed me about Hampton. It was that I didn't know it was a black college. It just felt regular. I just when I didn't visit, I didn't visit when it was school. I visited uh, when it was no school. But you. it was a girl that I went to high school the previous year. She was there at school and she was walking across the yard and and she yelled out my nickname. And you know when you Tyler, you know about them nicknames. Oh like, yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah. Ooh, Who, okay, uh, I'm home yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, and then when school started, I'm starting to look at. I'm saying, whoa. I didn't know this was a black all black high school because what we saw in the books up in Hartford, Connecticut, you only hear about the Morehouses, you only hear about right. the Howards, you only right. hear about the Tuskegees. Right. You don't hear about the, the the Norfolk states, the Virginia states, and all that stuff. And so, you know what? It was intriguing. I thought it was great. And then to be down there with with kids that were with had successful parents, you know, mm-hmm. where they had you know, they had, they went to private schools. Right. They had a great education. Their fathers were lawyers or mothers, lawyers, doctors. Didn't have that. You know, when you're growing up culturally like I did, we didn't have that in the inner city. We were trying to get out of there. So when you when you see that, you're going like, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know black folks can own a Mercedes. Like live you like know? this. Yeah. You know, so that was just something that the exposure was never there. So once I got exposed and got used to it, where I found some people coming back after Christmas break crying because they didn't get a car, 
I was like, shoot, I'm lucky to get lunch. I'm lucky to get some spending money <laughs> right. this month if my mother sent me $20. So <laughs> you find that it was some spoiled stuff there, but it was, you know, I didn't know Hampton was a, a that kind of private. I didn't know it was a private institution. That was one another thing. So, you know, I'm going there and enjoying it. Eyes wide open and enjoying every minute. Oh, I, I bet. That was more of the off the court. Now, on the court, was it a tough transition? <laughs> you like, said like, off the court. Well, hold on, Tyler. You, you got me with the off the court. I know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> am, <laughs> yeah, I, am I wrong? No, no. It was like a windshield wiper. You're going like this. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but like playing for HBCU, you mentioned some of the other you know names that did that. Was that transition tough for you? going from like hbcu to nba competition basketball is basketball tyler i i look at guys where you know when i when i do when i start looking at albany state where i'm looking at the the three uh major jones caldwell jones and all the jones brothers and you go okay well you know what i can compete because i played when i played in the summer league and down in uh the tidewater summer league back in norfolk state Man, I mean, back at Norfolk, I would be there for the summer, and I played against guys like uh, uh, guys that played in the pros. Moses Malone used to drive and park his car right up on uh, Ogden Circle in my hood, and I'm like, man, what are you doing in my place, man? Right, yeah, what are you, you doing know? around here? Yeah, so you know, we pick and playing pickup and stuff. So you know, I didn't, I don't ever, I never gauged anybody with their level of competition because I compete. I compete in all aspects of life. I don't never want to lose. So I'm competing with you. And if you beat me one day, I'm going to come back the next day. So I'm one of those, you you hit me um, and you think I'm down. I'm not. I'm going to get back up and I'm going at you. Hmm. Now, I mentioned you, I feel like you're mostly known as a bad boy. But like you said, you started uh, as a bullet. What do you remember most about those days? How, how crazy is that, you know, the mascots were kind of like, and, and I kind of embellished the mascots. I was a pirate at Hampton, and then you go to go to Washington, and you become a bullet or something like. Okay, <laughs> it's the toughness getting your butt kicked by West Unsell and Big E every day. You're going like, oh man, do I have to deal with this punishment every day? But it was, uh, you know, it was refreshing because also when I came in the league, it was a guy that I competed against at Winston Salem State, Carlos Terry. Okay. And Carlos, Carlos, he left two years before me. Uh, and so I ended up being, you know, we be, ended up being teammates. So we kind of understood where, you know, both of our cultures are from. But he played right. over in Philippines and he was playing professionally for a couple of years before he before him and I made the bullet team. Mm. Of- so you were talking about the, the, the these labels. You know, people, you know, you look at society, they like the labels, man. They like, you know, they like the, the Gucci's, the Prada's. I, you know, back then we had that. We had Sergio <laughs> Valente jeans. We had, no, in fact, when did jeans, when did dungarees become jeans? That's what they used to call them. That's a good question. I feel like it was a transition at some point where they just stopped being called dungarees. Oh my gosh, man! I had Wrangler dungarees, I had <laughs> Levi dung dungarees, but it, <laughs> I think Levi changed it. They probably did. They, I'm sure they had their hand in that. Uh, yeah. So, so that was your first what four or five years in Washington. You traded to Correct. Detroit. Like, what? Uh, what was what was that process like? 
man. I, you know what? It was a process that I had to understand this is a business. Hmm. It wasn't where you're like in college and you'll never leave. I thought I was established in DC, but apparently I wasn't. But uh, fortunate for me, I get out of the, out of Washington and uh, out of DC, and I'm up in Detroit. First, my first year in Detroit, I hated Detroit. I, I hated Detroit because it was winter time is dark, gloomy, ugly days. But you know what? Once I realized that I almost would have been out of the league, I had to transform myself. Right. I couldn't be that big, big brawler, that big, big dude where I didn't have to work out all the time. I had to come up here, and then I became a professional. Being around uh, uh, Isaiah, being around uh, 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 Bill Lambeer, you know, they were establishing something. And so it was some structure to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so I had, to cha- I had to transform. I embraced Detroit. I made, uh, you know, Detroit was just a hard Midwestern, little you know small town but you know what fans are so deep rooted here they love the lions even though they suck it's like <laughs> i'm like dang man they, they two and whatever or they three or whatever right. ah we still they're loyal the they're loyal yep and that was the loyalty and so that was my transfer uh trying to transfer uh transformation to understand what detroit was all about hard-working people factory workers so i became a kind of a symbol of that how long do you think it took, you know, for that that mindset to to click for you? Oh, it took. It didn't take long. You want to be in this league, you better lose weight with your fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Was that something they told you in Detroit, or you just kind of you put it together? Listen, they didn't have to. No, that, that you know, it was a coming to Jesus moment. I'm not okay. gonna sit here and say, "Oh, I did it all by myself." No, the late uh, the late Jack McCloskey told me. He said, "Man." If you don't lose weight, you're going to be out of this league in a minute. He was our general manager. It was like, okay, I couldn't, you know, I was, I was so used to being the beef brothers where right. Jeff and I, we really, we didn't run the ball. We, we walked the ball up. Gene Shue was the coach. We used to walk the ball up hmm. and when we executed, it wasn't like we were running for layups like they right. do now. It was right. like they zoom, zoom, zoom. No, no, it was more like control. But in Detroit, it was like, okay. Uh, they brought me there. They traded me for the late Danny Roundfield, and they brought me there because I brought a toughness to the team. Mm-hmm. And so that's like I said, I embraced it. And uh, you know, everybody used to hear. Uh, and, and one other thing that got me is when I we played the Atlanta Hawks one mm-hmm. year in in the um, in the playoffs, and they were over there talking all. Oh, look at that fat boy. You know, they, you know, you hear the whispers, and I ain't mad at them because you know I didn't take care of myself. But when I came back that next year, we whooped the Hawks' ass. We whooped their ass. All the Hawks' ass. Dominique Arler, go home. Doc Rivers, go home. Why got him back. Here? Tree oh, got him back. Oh, Tree and, and, and man, come on, man. Kevin Willis, we was like, man, get y'all out of here. Get y'all butts out of here. So we we got that. We got that boy. We got them. So it was. It was one of those, you know, that when you see in your peers, I didn't like heckling. I didn't like people heckling me as far as the opposing team. But I came back there with a vengeance, and next thing you know, hmm, then that's when the bad boys came out. So what? how long were you there before, like, you feel like the bad boys started? Like, when did – what year do you think it was like the bad boys started to to form as we know it? They – as we know it now – it started to form when, you know, basically it was there. 
because Isaiah was just a a, 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 a competitor. Bill Lambeer was, you know, they always thought he was dirty. I even thought he was dirty. I didn't like him when I first got here. But it was more <laughs> like that was, it was, they were gritty. Hmm. And so when I came, because I didn't take no smack from nobody, I did what I did, you know, I did what I did, you know, I did what I knew what I could do. So I stayed in my lane and the next thing you know, uh, something happened in Boston, I think it was. And we always were competitive against Boston, Chicago. But in that mid, in the mid, in that, uh, what was it? We were in the Midwest where we had Cleveland, Chicago, Milwaukee, us, Atlanta, Central Division. Mm-hmm. Man, it was a fight. It was in Indian and uh, the Pacers. And we would, we would go in there and we, we had that chip on our shoulder. So, next thing you know, as I started to evolve as a, as, as a better basketball player, Man, next thing you know, because I didn't take – they knew I didn't take no smack. And then we – you bring in – you already had Vinny Johnson. You already had Isaiah. You already had – and then you bring in Rodman, and then you start bringing in guys that can help you, Buddha, James Edwards, and and then you bring – John Sally. So we had the nucleus to just – you know, well, we about to raise some hell. Right. What do you remember about those, like, off the court? What do you remember about that, that group of guys? Because it, it was some characters you just named in there. John Sally – Rodman, some of these guys, some characters. So, what what do you remember about those guys? Well, well, no, nah, no, nah, they're characters now. They were rookies uh, then. True, they were That's trying true. to see, you know, serve, You know, Dennis Rodman. I always told him, I told him he he was my, you know, I wouldn't use the word right now, but it was like <laughs> when he when they retired his jersey, he said, yeah. And and Rick Mahorn, I at the end of at the end of his speech, he gonna say Rick Mahorn, I ain't you whatever. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. Because, listen, we made rookies be rookies. And it wasn't where it was degrading or anything like that. We just, mm-hmm. you know, stay in your lane, son. You don't know nothing. Just like they did me. Just right. like you do the next person. But here's the thing. We we learned to – we laughed. We were cliquish. But you also – we didn't have telephones. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you had to communicate. Right. You know, a lot of times you're on the bus – and it's just you. And, you know, I was in the back of the bus with Vinny and, and you know, John Salavi up there. We'd be, we'd be, you know, you'd be conversating and talking smack, man. It was it was so funny. It would be a limo out in front of the hotel. And depending on who we were playing and what position that person that was in that was a good player, we were like, oh, he sent you a limo. Ooh, you about to get smoked. You know, you sit there laughing, man. So, and then you see a black limo pull up over by the where we were pulling up in the bus. Man, next thing you know, you go like, oh yeah, they they pull that limo limo up for you because you know you about to get busted up. So, yeah, you know that we became. You know that's how we've all became friends, knowing and understanding each other. Right, right. Now it took you like a couple of years. It was some, you know, tough losses. It was what game seven to the Celtics, then game seven to the Lakers, then. Busted through, and I think the the year you, you won the championship, the Bulls was the only team you lost to in the postseason. Is that right? In the postseason, I think didn't y'all sweep the other? Uh, we y'all swept yeah, the, we, we we swept the Lakers in uh, in the finals. Um, we didn't play the Bulls. I don't think no. Did we play? Yeah, we. Play, I don't know. Come on, man. You talking <laughs> damn near almost 40 years ago. I don't even remember what I did when I first got the hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do but you no, remember about that championship okay. year clicking? What do you remember about it? What I remembered is we was pissed off from the last year that we lost because hmm. you look at it, Isaiah was hurt. I had 
I had ruptured disc in my back. So that, you know, and then next thing you know, we weren't at full capacity. And and it doesn't go down in the stat sheet or it doesn't go down the history of he was hurt, that guy was hurt. Oh, right. you know, we don't look at that. You keep playing. The right. game is played with with it's a team game, not an individual game. So what we remembered is that we didn't have home court advantage against the Lakers when we lost the year before, and also when we lost to the Boston Celtics. So each year we positioned ourselves to have the home court advantage and to not have to go somewhere else to win because we were up on the Lakers uh, three uh, – wait a minute. We were up on the Lakers uh, coming home. We split there, so we were one and uh, one. And one. Then we lost – we had – then they went from two – Three two. That was the old format. Mm-hmm. So we would have had three games at the up at the Silver Dome, and we would have said we win these three, they would have lost. But they ended up beating us and coming up. But it, you know, we learned how to position ourselves. And then when they won, because I got left unprotected in '89 to mm-hmm. go with the expansion of Minnesota Timberwolves, and you know, but they came back in '89, didn't have a home court advantage, but they knew how to win. That's right. where you find that you have that pedigree. And they knew how they still had the nucleus. Right, right. Now, you mentioned uh, being unprotected. That was right after the championship year. Like, what are you – I mean, I, I had to go take you from, from highs to to lows. Uh, it took me – you know what it is? It, it, you you relegated as you, – you, you're, you're thinking – when I got traded, I can tell you, when you get traded, you're thinking that you're set. You're never set. But I, I'm going there and getting left unprotected. I learned that this is a business. It ain't what it's. It's not what have you done for me lately. It's what I what somebody can do for you now. Right. So I looked at it. I looked at it as an uh, okay. Well, all right. I'm gonna have to go to Minnesota. Gonna have to try to sit there in an expansion team and try to win. But you know, I wanted to get paid. You know, a lot of times you talk about these guys sitting out. All that stuff. Yeah, I did it back then. I was like, I ain't going there because I know what your salary cap is. I know how much money you got to spend. I want it, you know, because I'm your biggest star. I was as they as they labeled me the big bad wolf. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get up here and get my butt kicked every game, but I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna try to build this team up from the right way. So I forced them to trade me to Philadelphia, and I got to Philadelphia and. And that's when you know you get another name, thump and bump, thump and bump and thump. Man, I'm like, dude, I got. I went. I said I went from a pirate to a to a to a <laughs> bullet to a beef brother to a bad boy to to a big bad wolf to bump and thump. I'm like, yeah, no. Am I that marketable? You must be, man. It follows you everywhere. It's got to be you, man. That thing. It, it, it's a. It's a. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> so how was, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Thump and Bump with uh, Charles Barkley. What was it like playing with Chuck? Like playing with my alter ego. This guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> this, listen, I had, look, they talk about winning the championship was fun. Man, I had, listen, my, my time in Philadelphia, I talked to all those guys that were on that team except uh, my man D- Derek Smith who passed. And even my new bowl who passed. So mm. I'm looking at him going like, man, I'm down here having a good time. I'm in Philly with a superstar. I mean, Barkley was fun. We would be, you know, on the road at practice laughing from Bobby. I could I could tell you that whole that whole team 
Lenar Copeland, Bobby, uh, Bobby Thornton, uh, Mike Jaminski, uh, gosh, Johnny Dawkins, Hersey Hawkins, Scotty Brooks, Ron Anderson, Derek Smith, Charles, and Kirk Nymphius. We had so much fun, man. Oh, oh, that's, that's, that feels like a good side, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we had so much fun, Tyler. It was like, man, we lost to the Bulls. And the reason why we lost to the Bulls in the playoffs because we beat Cleveland. Uh, who else did we – you know, this is my first year there. We ended up having the best record in the Eastern Conference. So it was like, okay, all right. I, I said, Charles, this is what we got to do. We don't beat Cleveland. I said, you got to hit Michael. Charles was like, no, nah, that's my friend. I said, you know what? <laughs> I had that look on my face. I was like, okay, uh, uh, I might be home at 4 2, maybe, 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 <laughs> might maybe not be 4 my year. 1. Might not, yeah, because I told him, I said, if we get past the Bulls, I got, I got Detroit. I got, I wanted to play Detroit in the playoffs so bad because mm. we played, we played both of those teams that year. And I remember it correctly. We used to play them five times. We beat, we beat, we beat. Uh, Detroit 4-1, and we beat Chicago 4-1. And I'm sitting okay. here going like, and I'm telling Charles, you have to hit Michael. Ah, yeah, that's my friend. And plus, we didn't have Derek Smith. He was hurt. So Derek Smith was, man, if anybody ever Googled Derek Smith's name, that was, ooh, he was a beast before you hurt his knee. Mm. Wait, so if you hit Michael, did, was Chuck like, hey, man, come on, not so, not so tough on him? No, no, no. Charles wasn't like that. Charles was like, you know, because I was a competitor. And the fact of the matter is it, when we used to play against each other and we would go at it. it, it you know, it's all about, you know, we respect each other, but we're going to all go out there. And when I'm saying hit Michael, I mean, just be physical. It right, wasn't right, like right. just go out there and take a punch and swing right. and knock him out, even though yeah, if you could have got away with it. it. <laughs> if you could get away with him, why not do it? Right. <laughs> That uh, after Philadelphia, you played a year in Italy. Is that right? Yes, and I won. I won. A, I won a cup over there, the Euro Cup. I played with Dino Raja, and okay. we we won. Uh, we won the European Cup, and I was like, I went over there because you know Philadelphia at that time, you know they they wanted to, they they we didn't play too well, so they're trying to do some things. I got a nice little offer to go over to Italy, and I was like, shoot, I. I why not? I'm in my latter years of my career. I'm going to go there and enjoy it and sit there and play two games a week, two games a week, and get paid the money I was getting paid? Right. That's a no-brainer. Right. So what do you remember about that, just that year in general, just the the country? and everything? Culture. Hmm. Culture, man. It was like, I remember talking, We uh, it, was, it was like just being in a book, going to these different cities to play these different teams, you know, but you couldn't understand the language. But look, thank God I was with Dino Raja, because Dino knew Spanish. He knew he knew how to he knew how to get around because he played at uh, Split uh, when they were the former Yugoslavia. They that was the that was their team, and I got a couple of T-shirts. I'm looking to send back to him so he can you know so he can because it was like they had uh, Drazen Petrovic, Vladi. That was that that team that the Olympic team just you know beat them in the finals. Mm. that bad but the, the dream team but it was like i i learned to survey you know go to different countries and enjoy different cultures mm. and i had a good time and then you know uh two of my kids were born over there so they mm. have dual citizenship 
and it was just fun, man. It was fun. Right. Did you ever consider staying? Like, you played a few more years in the NBA after that. Did you ever consider just staying over? Nah, it was like, you know, it's also an adjustment period. It Definitely. isn't like it is now where you can, you can, you know, you have social media, you have the information age where right. you can watch different uh, uh, you watch TV any show? Stations. Yeah. We had, we had, uh, I had a satellite dish. So we were watching <laughs> Sky Sports and all this stuff and maybe watch, catch a couple of movies off HBO or something. But mm. it was an adjustment. But now what I, if, if you know, the way it is now, with technology, I man, I live overseas in a minute because you can have a phone and you can just hold it up to them and see what they're saying. This right. is, I mean, so when when guys go overseas, it's not like they're leaving home. Right, right. So you can at least bring a part of that with you now. Yep, exactly. Now I won't keep you too much longer. We appreciate your time. Uh, after you retired, you did some commentary work with the Pistons, but then you got into coaching. How did? How long? Had you wanted to go into coaching, like some people say, they the it's it's the reverse. Oh, back? Okay, excuse me. Excuse it me. it so was, was the reverse because I was doing my last year in Philadelphia. I was doing some uh, uh, after game uh, commentary, so okay, I was okay. still back okay. in Jersey after Philly. Oh no, I, you know I'm gonna have some fun and correct. It don't matter. So from there, I was doing you know uh, post game for okay. Philadelphia. So then later on, I get a call from Brendan Sir, who was running. Uh, the CBA with with uh, Isaiah, who bought the CBA, mm. and he called. You know, he called. He said, "Do you want to get into coaching?" I said, "Hey, why?" You know, I didn't. You know, I was like, "I'll try anything." Got into coaching and went to uh, Rockford, uh, the Rockford Lightning. Mm. At that time, they had Daryl Walker was the head coach there, but he went. Uh, Michael just bought, or Michael was a part of the Washington Bullets at that time, and mm. uh, Daryl Walker left there to go coach for Michael. So they needed a coach to replace. I was there for three months. I got coach of the year. I mean, coach of the month, two months in a row. I just okay. took a team that was in last place to first place. Don't know what I did, but I just did what I did, what I know. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I made the guys be more accountable to what they wanted to be. And then I uh, got, uh, let's see, who, who hired me? Uh, Pete Babcock hired me as an assistant coach with the Atlanta Hawks. Mm. That didn't work out too well because, you know, I don't ever want to get into it. Mm. But, you know, uh, when you don't see it in the same direction as the head coach, it, of course, you're the assistant coach, you're going. Sure. So I got, and I get back up to Detroit, get back into commentating, doing pre, doing games for the Pistons. And Bill was coaching the WNBA. He was coaching the shot. Mm -hmm. So he asked me at that time, he said, you know what? You want to coach? You know, come on. And I said, sure, Bill. Next thing you know, I was coaching and doing commentary. Okay. So it was, you know, it, the transition is to be who you are right. and not try to be somebody different. I'm not going to be uh, Stephen A. I right. ain't going to sit up there and scream and yell at her. No, that's him. I'm not going to be doing <laughs> Stuart do Scott. Yeah. I'm going to do me. And I right. learned that from, you know, I learned that from people that are in, in the industry. So commentating is just being who you are, studying the game and knowing what you know, preparing for what you're going to say. So when you guys were playing together, did you ever see Bill Lambeer becoming a head coach? You know what I did. You know, it's you know head coaching. He was he's was so detailed. Like I told, I didn't say it earlier. I hated Bill Lambeer when I first got to Detroit, <laughs> and and I hated him as a teammate. But until I real until we started conversating, understanding where our paths have crossed, hmm. if they even cross, he's a guy that didn't have to play basketball. 
my, me or a lot of guys that try to get in the NBA, they're trying to get away uh, from what they used to, what they saw, what was a chance and an opportunity for them. And Bill did a good job of um, learning how to be, you know, just being a professional. He was detail oriented already. I didn't like when he told me what my job was going to be unless uh, he wasn't coaching, but it was like, this is what you're going to do. And I'm sitting there going, you arrogant ass. <laughs> so, you know, I, but I loved him because you start to understand where he's from and what he's about. And that was encouraging. And so did I ever see him as a head coach? Sure. I mean, I don't, you know, you look at a lot of times where what is the pedigree to be a head coach in this league or even in any league is getting opportunities. Right. Right. All right. A uh, couple last questions before we let you go. Uh, you remember how much your first NBA check was? Yeah. After they took they after they took every damn thing out of it, it was six hundred dollars. After shoot, I wasn't uh, I wasn't make after taxes and, and 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 union dues and and uh differential from hotels. I was sitting there going like, "Are you kidding me?" No, nah, I didn't say, "Are you kidding me?" No, I didn't because I wasn't making no damn money anyway. That was a lot of money. So you know, in my first year, I made sixty thousand. That's just on paper. After right. the government gets theirs and the city and the state, um, you, you, you know, I didn't get my first, I didn't get a car until like after All-Star break. I was, I was hitchhiking. I, I was going to say, so what was the first thing you, you bought? Was you saving up for the car? I was, the first thing I bought, I had a sign-in bonus for 10 grand, uh, for 12, well, 10 grand. Okay. Gave it to my, I gave it to my mother. Okay. But it was the fact that, you know, my first check, I was getting per diem while I was playing in the summer league, the Urban Coalition down there. But I, I couldn't, my first thing that I bought, I think I bought a polo shirt and some okay. jeans. Some dungarees. Uh, you know, excuse me. Some No, at that time, at that time, they turned them into Sir, or the Calvin Klein, the, the Sergio Valentes. I had some of those jeans. That's, okay. Those were jeans. I didn't, the dungarees I already had. And that was back in the. That was back. I only had two pairs in college, but that was that's what that's what I had. Thank God for sweatsuits and t-shirts. <laughs> Definitely. That's that's what I had. I bought me some penny loafers because I never couldn't find no shoes my size, but found a place that had shoes. So you had to do those things. Definitely. And what is one thing that Rick now would tell eighteen-year-old Rick? Oh man, what would I tell myself? If I had to do it all over again, to be 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 smarter, uh, understand what life is about at the beginning, because mm-hmm. it will be an end and prepare yourself for the end more so than prepare yourself for the beginning, because that penny won't stay shiny early. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll dull, it'll get dull. And that's what you have to do, how to survive, work even harder than what you were doing before. So, I mean, have the hunger and the patience to do it. So that's what I would tell 18, uh, 17-year-old Rick once I graduated. There we go. High school, yeah. <laughs> Rick Mahorn, thank you so much for stopping by the lounge, man. Hey, Tyler, it's my pleasure, man. I, I This was fun. This was great. Yeah, you got an open seat anytime. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Have a good one. Peace out. You too, man. Right, thank you so much for stopping by the Legends Lounge. Brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. 
Give us a follow on Twitter at NBA Legends Lounge and be sure to subscribe and rate the Legends Lounge on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll catch you next time. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man.